0: This is the Bodar Blast by the USS Decatur, with your host, Lieutenant Junior Raid, Daniel Arley. All views expressed on this show are not those of the United States Navy and made by the individuals who are on the show. All music used is used with the permission of the songwriter or is royalty free. This is a feature production of the USS Decatur and is made free to use and free for all the families and supporters of the U.S.S. Decatur D.D.G. 73 3 and Dare. And welcome to the Bodar Blast. I'm Lieutenant Junior Gray Daniel Arlick. Thank you for joining me and the rest of our crew for another episode of the Bodar Blast. And it is a fun-filled episode. We've got a great interview for you today, but Getting down to the nitty-gritty of the news so far on Decatur uh, before we get to today's interview. Uh, Shorter show today, uh, just getting ready for the the next episode where we got a lot coming for you. We got a great interview for the next episode, but a little bit of a shorter show today with uh, just the news and the interview, no segments for this one. Um, So look forward to our next episode. We're going to have a lot in that one, Um, and we had a long episode last time, but... Getting right to the news, uh, first of all, of all, we had um, we had announcements of, from our commanding officer about uh, personnel that may rank. Uh, so advancement and uh, results came out uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, we did the pinning ceremony. We had a bunch of people make, uh, or sailors make uh, first class, second class, and third class across the command. I would name everybody but that's gonna take like a minute um, and I, I I, really do uh, want to just say to the entire group of people that, uh, that advanced uh, it's a great achievement um, not only passing the test but also being able to get the scores possible get what you need possible get the, the evals possible I know uh, everybody back at home you're all very very um, happy and just Excited for your sailors for advancing. Um, it's it's a tense time before advancement results come out. A lot of, uh, a lot of sailors are uh, concerned about results. There's all, obviously a little bit of apprehension about what's gonna come out, um, when they're gonna find out. And uh, I think a lot of people are happy with the results. Uh, it's really great to see, especially as a junior officer that's been here for a little while, a lot of sailors that I've, um, I'd say in a way grown up with on this ship. I started out as an ensign on this ship a couple of years ago, and a lot of sa- junior sailors that I started out on this ship with, or when I they came on board within the first couple of months of me being here, uh, seeing them put on second class, or in some places cases even first class, uh, is uh, really rewarding. Really great to see. Um, I'm. It, it's it's so exciting to see people that we've worked with for two years and care about a lot we, we work very closely as a crew um, continue to make achievements in their career and continue to advance in their career so it's a really big achievement to make rank uh, so to everybody that did uh, and got those announcements uh, congratulations uh, the entire list uh, will be posted on our social media uh, but for now uh, great results for everybody uh, that uh, got advancement, uh, and to those that didn't get advancement uh, they have opportunities every six months to pick up rank, so sometimes you miss it by a few points, sometimes the scores just don't go your way, and uh, that happens in, in life and in career, and um, the the best thing that a lot of the sailors on, on here, every single Deering Raider does, is they put their heads down and they keep working, and that's what makes us so different from any other ship on the on the waterfront is we just keep keep doing what we're doing and uh and that's why we are such a successful ship such a successful command and it's a lot because of the people at this command but also we've had a very busy jam-packed training schedule over the last few weeks so uh, we've done a lot of drills over the last few weeks uh, really been pushing hard on those general quarters drills uh, been practicing general quarters so for those of you at home On a ship this size, Um, General Quarters is our most heightened state of readiness. Um, It's what we call, you know, we get into battle dress and and all of that, and we get to, everybody mans a station, we're ready for battle in that case. And um, we have to set General Quarters within seven minutes, that's the the required time slot to set it, Um, that's kind of the goal uh, that we set as a command, uh, seven minutes. And uh, we've gotten very close lately. Uh, hit nine minutes the other day, um, and everybody really puts the work in to try and make that happen. And it's it's from from personal experience, uh, having stood watch on the bridge and having to run all the way back aft have steering. Uh, it is it is not easy to to not only man at every single watch station on the ship, over two hundred watch stations on the ship, um, and set. Uh, zebra within uh, seven minutes, so a, a very heightened state of uh, compartmentalization readiness on the ship, um, it, not only is that challenging, but it's also challenging to get it within a seven minute time limit. Imagine seven minutes to not only get on station, but then you have to take these cards and there's valves and doors and hatches that you have to close in order to meet that time requirement and so nine minutes is pretty damn impressive uh, from this crew and we've gotten closer and closer with each try and I know we'll get there, (laughs) I know we'll get there. Um, So it, it just takes a lot of time to do, but not only have we done that, we've done a lot of drills on the tactical side of things. Can't really talk much about that, but we've also done drills as far as damage control goes. So our damage control training team has run drills for aircraft crash. So if there's a crash on the flight deck, we have host teams ready to go on the flight deck that are ready to fight the fire, um, pull out survivors from the helo crash. We call them hot suit men. They wear uh, these these, uh, these suits that, uh, to, the best way to explain them is uh, they're, they're, they're like aluminum foil suits <laughs> that keep you uh, basically safe from the heat and we have two of them, uh, DC-2 Bowers, DC-2 Garrido. Um, and they, they, that keeps them safe in pulling out uh, personnel from the downed helo if they land on our flight deck. Uh, we've had crash and salvage, we've had uh, rescue and assistance, so if we need to go help another ship uh, that's having a, uh, an issue at sea, whether it be a fire, flooding, or whatever, uh, we send a boat team over with damage control personnel and we go help that uh, ship. Um, We've done a bunch of other uh, training exercises over on the medical side of things. Uh, Our our medical team, including uh, HM2Grabbit, who has been on the show before, uh, is running a lot of medical drills. They've also been running a lot of training uh, that has also been posted on our social media quite a bit um, called Tactical Combat Casualty Care, or TCCC. Uh, It's a more recent requirement. Um, the Marines kind of do a lot of that uh, side of things and they're starting to bring that over into the Navy side of things with uh, being able to do combat tourniquets and uh, being able to stop uh, minor wounds or even puncture wounds, sucking wounds, the, the, the gross stuff, <laughs> the stuff that you really don't want to think about but um, could happen in the workplace, could happen if we have to go into general quarters and uh, if you want to get those kind of more advanced damage control uh, qualifications on board Decatur, you have to be able to go through that TCCC course. So I've been through it, a lot of other people have been going through it, and it, it teaches you how to uh, basically conduct basic first aid uh, in the absence of a corpsman if there is a, a major crisis or if we're in battle conditions or, or so on. Um, the other thing is we've had a lot of gun shoots recently. So our, our gunners uh, have been, and weapons department have been staying very busy. Uh, And it's going to continue on as we go through the summer because once we get back from deployment uh there's going to be a lot of requalification shoots as far as uh, small arms training on m9 pistol and on m4 rifle but mainly uh we've been doing a lot of small arms shoots for our personnel that have not shot on decatur before or haven't shot in a long time so m9 service pistol uh, and then your m4 uh, service rifle Um, those are your basic weapons that you stand watch with in port uh, you'll see it on board any ship really in the Navy uh, that has personnel standing topside watches. Um, every, almost over 200 people on the ship are qualified on small arms. Uh, and our gunners do a great job at uh, qualifying them and training people to not only uh, shoot well, because, I mean, that's part of the process, but um, one of the more dangerous parts of holding a firearm is knowing how to fi- hold it safely safely not being afraid of it and knowing the safety rules for it. So we go over a treat, never keep, keep. Treat every weapon as if it were loaded. Never point your weapon at something you don't intend to shoot. Keep your finger straight and off the trigger until you intend to fire. And keep your weapon on safe until you intend to fire. And you know, the fifth un- unofficial one is uh, know your target and when lies beyond. But those weapon safety rules are very important. You don't go to any Navy or, or even DoD range. Uh, in the military without knowing those weapon safety rules, and they're very important to handling a firearm properly. Um, a lot of the incidents uh, that you see both in military and civilian life as far as, uh, as, far as firearms uh, mishaps go is because people were not uh, following those weapon safety rules, and so those weapon safety rules are really important not being afraid of the weapon is really important. You need to know how to control the weapon. You can't let the weapon control you, you have to control that weapon. So uh, our gunners do a really good job training a lot of newer personnel that may not have handled a gun before on handling a gun. Um, and they have a lot of experience in that. So uh, shout out to all of our gunners for doing that. Um, as well as uh, we've done some large caliber shoots recently too. So we've fired uh, our five inch main battery recently. So the big boom. Um, And I think everybody on this ship can say, and if people uh, eventually do come riding on this ship that are not on this ship uh, at sea, and you get the field of five inch, it it makes the entire ship shake. Uh, It is definitely the calling card of the Navy destroyer uh, being able to fire five inch. In the absence of firing a missile, which is fun too, uh, firing 5-inch is definitely uh, an awesome experience to see in person because you get to see the main battery of the ship and probably really the largest battery that the United States Navy has left in its arsenal on board naval ships, uh, the uh, 5-inch 54 caliber uh, that we have on board Decatur um and i think i've said this fun fact before but it's also the uh, most fired five inch in the uh, navy so uh of any ship in the united states navy we have the uh five inch that has fired the most rounds uh, downrange so uh, we fired a few more rounds downrange recently as well as uh my personal favorite weapon system because uh i own it uh so shout out to all my SeaWiz techs out there um, but we fired our mount 22 close in weapon system a uh, lot higher rate of fire on that one uh, personally, I think it sounds like a lawnmower when it fires, um, but it's a really cool weapon to see fire because uh, it, is, um, it is a close-in weapon system, but fires a lot of lead downrange. So it's, it's a really cool weapon. It's like a shield of lead that we put up. Um, and so it's a really cool weapon system. A little finicky on the maintenance side of things, but that's why we have the best techs in the fleet to take care of that. Uh, and then we also fired our Mark 38 weapons uh, amidships too, so our Mount 251 and 252 starboard and port side uh, weapons. Uh, so uh, you'll see those rounds come out, tracer rounds at night, but we didn't do those. Uh, personally, my favorite uh, weapon system to see fire is the Mark 38 with tracer rounds because it looks like a, uh, a red arc at night. It just looks really awesome to see at night, uh, just seeing that red arc through the uh, water. Um, but, uh, we've shot Mark 38s, uh, and they have a coaxial, uh, machine gun on them, so they fired that a little bit, too. So, Gunners got to play a little bit. They got to have some fun, um, and, and really, uh, test their weapon systems out. We haven't really had much of a chance on this deployment to, uh, be able to fire the weapon systems, so being able to fire them, uh, has been a, a treat, some would say, so. Uh, Last thing on the news is uh, a lot of our committees and our MWR have been very busy on this deployment, and they have been very, very busy lately, so we've been posting a lot about uh, their events recently. You saw our Cinco de Mayo post uh, in May uh, about the cake that was made, and thank you to our CSs, our culinary specialists, for making excellent cakes. I love the buttercream icing. Please don't get rid of the buttercream icing. That makes my day. (laughs) Um, Whatever I hear, there's cake on the Mestix, though. uh, we had a Pride month, uh, month event uh, on the Mestex recently. Uh, photos to come on our social media. So check out our social media. Facebook, Instagram, um, at USS Decatur, or on Instagram at under USS underscore Decatur. Uh, and check out uh, the photos from that, which will be going up soon. I didn't get any cake. I'm mad about that. Um, I showed up 20 minutes after they started serving cake, and it was all gone uh all you fiends that got cake before me uh watch out but uh next time i'll, I'll get some cake uh we've also had some events uh, as far as bingo events uh, movie watching events for our uh morale well wel- uh welfare and recreation or mwr committee um our multicultural committee has had uh, a lot of events including cinco de mayo um they they recently had uh, the pride month uh event and they're also doing a juneteenth event uh later Uh, this month uh, to celebrate Juneteenth Uh, so a major holiday now um, and a very important holiday that we uh, we observe on board so thank you to all those committees for continuing to make it fun as well as our uh, petty officer and uh, chief petty officer in our wardroom organizations for uh, hosting Steel Beach picnics Uh, so we had our recent Memorial Day uh, hot dog eating contest, uh, which was a little early, um, for Nathan's hot dog eating, uh, contest, which I talked about on our last episode of the podcast. Um, but we also have, a, a lot of really awesome, uh, steel beach picnics that are hosted by our individual petty officer, chief petty officer and wardroom officers, uh, that cooking burgers, flipping burgers, and, uh, making sausages on the, uh, on the flight deck, having a good time just forgetting a little bit about work for a little bit having a nice little cookout especially since it's summertime but with that all being said that's a little wrap up on the news on board USS Decatur we've got a really interesting interview uh this podcast episode I tried having one person on but she wanted to bring along a plus one because they're a package deal uh so I've got QM2 Juarez quartermaster second class uh Leslie Juarez And uh, she is joined by Bosun's mate third class, uh, Alice Deep. Uh, They stand watch together. They've become very fast friends on Decatur. And uh, they insisted that they do the interview together. Uh, So we did a little duo interview. So enjoy listening to QM2, Juarez, and BM3 Deep. And I'll see you on the other side. And we're going to welcome on uh, BM3 Alice Deep, QM2, Leslie Juarez, thank you for joining us on the Bodar Glass podcast for this duo interview. Uh, QM2, uh, when I asked her to come on for the podcast, wanted to bring BM3 Deep along. So I guess they're a package deal. Um, So starting there, what makes you guys a package deal? How do you guys become friends on the show? Uh,
1: We just started talking like early, because we live in the same aisle, so we just started clicking
2: right away. We also had watch together so watch whenever you're bored on watch you just start talking to people that you never thought you'd talk to. So you just start, just start forming like a connection with uh, everybody on watch in a sense.
0: Yeah. So do you guys like hang out during port visits or like hang out when we get back to like home port and stuff like that around town?
2: Uh, no, I think our connection started when we started going on deployment.
0: Yeah, so it's it's become like a professional thing and like you guys become friends because of that. Yeah. That's the cool part about it. I think we have a really good watch team. I'm on your watch team too. We have kind of a wild watch team. Um, we we still abide by professional uh, practices. So don't don't hem us up for that, big Navy. But uh, <laughs> but we we do have a really good watch team. What do you think every person on the watch team brings to the watch?
2: I think everybody has like a different personality, which is uh, which is pretty fun because you know everybody has a different outlook on life so whenever we start asking questions you know in the middle of the night when it's like one or two in the morning uh, we just start asking those weird questions and everybody has different answers that's just it's nice to see like other people's perspective
0: yeah we're all from different places and what do you think you bring to the watch Amanda?
2: what do I bring to yeah. the watch?
1: I think I'm pretty funny like my laugh is so
0: yeah everybody makes fun so of Ugly so that
1: everybody laughs at it. So
0: yeah, we're gonna try and get BM3 to laugh during this podcast so you can hear it. Because <laughs> uh, I make fun of it during the watch, Because she goes.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: but we all make fun of her. But I mean, everybody makes fun of me. I was I was dancing on, during watch today. You guys were you guys were uh, doing some prez work outside the pilot house today. And I think that's, it's just those moments that you get to have fun. You got a really bad sunburn, I guess, today or something like that. I did. I you did. did? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I had a farmer's tent and I was like, you know what? Might as well just get the whole arm. You got to even it out? Yeah.
0: Sunscreen. You're going to get, like, skin cancer or something. She
2: right? did have sunscreen on this um, we had, had,
1: we had, You had sunscreen. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> you didn't put on the sunscreen? No. Oh. So, yeah. I yeah. thought you, she
0: did. So, what's your, your song selection for the pilot house today while you guys were doing deck press or, uh... All kept prez up there. Why do you choose what you chose? Because we were kind of all vibing to it up there.
2: Um, I just went on my playlist and I played uh, today's hits. Or I uh, know actually, it was like 2010 essential hits. And I was like, we're all around the same age. You know, everybody's gonna be like, okay, I like the song. Yeah,
0: yeah. All, we all we can all vibe to it. Yeah, I think about the 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 important part of like our watch team. Especially at night, like we all have like the, the midnight to three watches, like keeping each other, you know, engaged and standing proper watch by just talking to each other. What's uh, what's some of the uh, funniest questions you've kind of received on watch that you can talk about on the podcast? <laughs> uh,
2: funniest.
0: Cause I, I saw you guys. So yeah, I, I, I see <laughs> your faces.
2: <laughs> um, honestly. It's so late at night that I don't remember like <laughs> the questions in itself. I just know that I was like, yeah, that's, that was funny. I don't know exactly what happened, but it was funny. I don't remember most of the questions. It's uh, BM3 Stewart, so asking. Yeah. Really wild questions out there.
0: He always asks some really crazy questions. We have yeah, we have a really good watch team. I like to try and keep it light. We have we have a good team up there. Um, for you BM3. Uh, you are you are a bosom of the watch, up on that watch team for a while, um, and you, uh, you you ran you ran I would say a pretty tight ship. You kept the guys in line um, as kind of as a woman in um, in deck department. How do you kind of like earn that respect from the team and kind of keep them in line?
1: Um, I don't really know. I just like like to be myself and usually like I have my own opinion I have my own way of thinking so whenever like they put something out I would always put something in and sometimes when they like ask for my opinion I always give them the truth I think it's just me being honest is how I earn not really earn but like how I gain their respect and it's always me like respecting them and then I receive their respect back
0: yeah what's the family like down there Mm -hmm or down, down there in, like, deck division? Because you, you guys are pretty much, like, a family in
1: anyway. um, So our deck division is pretty tight. When it comes to work, we work. And I think that's why our division is, like, the best deck division, I believe, because um, we always come together and at least finish the work, and that's when everybody gets to go off or get home in time. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of getting down to, like, the... Uh, why did you join the Navy kind of thing because I think that's like the question that comes up on watch first. that's like literally the first question that somebody asks you whether you'd stand and watch with somebody or like new officer to deck in and, and stuff like that um, so why did you join the Navy what made you want to join the Navy uh, I mean either one of you can start
2: uh, so I joined the Navy because I wanted to get out of my hometown I was tired of the same old routine um, and I thought that joining the the military or the Navy in general, would get me out of my hometown, get me out of my comfort space, which it did. Um, um, I'm actually grateful for the Navy, in a sense. I met my wife in the Navy, um, and now I have two cats. I have my own car, I have my own apartment. Uh, So, overall, I think the Navy has given me more ups and downs.
0: Yeah, and you recently made second class, so congratulations to you via the math program. And again, three, why'd you join the Navy, exactly?
1: Um, I kind of wanted to leave the home that I was staying at, and I also wanted to try different things. I was in ROTC for a, a while, so I knew a little bit about the Navy, and when I got here, it wasn't what I expected, but it did teach me how to grow up a little faster.
0: Yeah, so you were in ROTC, like, at a college or at a Uh, a Oh, no, in high school. In high school? So, uh, what was that like, you know, getting kind of that that experience before even joining the Navy? Did it kind of prepare you
2: for that?
1: It was, um, it was hard, because, like, the program that I was in also had, like, many boot camps, and it was mentally, like, training you to be tough. And some, like, we're all kids in high school, so, like, I guess with the adults that were in charge of that program, were are trying to show us discipline, not that, or, yeah, not a lot of kids have discipline, at, at least at where I was at. So, it was it was kind of hard at first, but it got easier as the years went by in high school.
0: Yeah, so, both of you guys, did you pick your rates out of, out of boot camp, or did you kind of on and uh, did you pick that at maps
2: yeah so at maps um, funny story I enlisted uh, into the Navy I didn't know what anything was like I was just like I'm gonna join the military the Navy sounds pretty cool so I went to maps didn't know anything like whatsoever my cousin he's in the Marines he was like don't be an engineer and don't be a cook it's like those are the two like most demanding jobs, like they're th- thankless jobs. So I was like, okay. Um, so, not an engineer and not a cook. Got it. So I went to MEPS. They did the whole process. They were like, okay, we have a couple rates for you to choose from. Um, we have uh, CS, one of the, oh, I don't remember what engineering it was, BM and QM. And the MEPS uh, person was like, I don't recommend any of these besides QM. There's a big book that you gotta learn, and that's it. That's your job. And then I was like, so what's a VM? What's a and he was like, do you like getting your hands dirty? I was like, I do not. He was like, then I wouldn't recommend it. So I was like, I'll take the QM. So I took the QM, and now here I am.
0: Yeah, and you decided to get your hands dirty, so what, how
2: did you choose <laughs> to <the> be? <BM? laughs>
1: so my recruiter was a BM2. The guy that I sat with to pick my rate at MEPS was also a BM-2. So um, he gave me the list, I think it was all the packs, like the Aviation Packs, Seaman Pack, Fireman Pack, and then BM, I don't remember what else, but um, I asked him like, what is BM like, because my recruiter was a BM, and he was like, oh you do all this like uh, search and rescue stuff, and like... uh, (laughs) you do get your hands dirty but it's like worth it at the end and I was like oh that sounds interesting you know so
0: yeah so what is it I mean we've talked to BMs before but what what are kind of your daily responsibilities like what are you what do you do as, as a QM as a BM like what are kind of your, your day-to-day things that you do watches that you have to stand qualifications you have to get well
2: as a QM there's only one watch that we stand which is quartermaster of the watch uh, we basically take care of the, the ship's deck logs so you know write down any information that affects the ship's uh, capabilities uh, position log obviously we ri- uh, write down the position every so often and uh, we keep the weather log it's pretty much the only watch we stand underway uh, but day to day basis we really don't do much all we do is basically either do maintenance preservation admin work which is like make a, a nav briefs uh, make sure that all our charts are up to date uh make we have flag inventory just make sure we actually have all the flags we need it's not it's not a tough life as a qm yeah
0: you guys do like and and the captain said it last week like a ship is kind of it's it's known because of like the flag look that, that you Oh, yeah, the yeah. $7,000 flag. Yeah. The $7,000 flag, the big, bold, and daring flag that was featured in Task and Purpose at one point, um, and is constantly on our social media that everybody at home can see. So, what do you do? Because we talked to BM1 Jimenez before, and he, mm-hmm. he talked about, like, the first-class aspect of it, but what's it like, like, down on the deck plates, the, you know, you guys are, like, the definition of grit. Like, what do you guys do as, as BMs, especially, like, junior
1: um, so we do a lot of preservation, and we do a lot of, uh, maintenance. I only do preservation, because that's all I know. Maintenance, I'm still learning, you know. And there's evolutions, too. Like, there's some days, like, we have flight quarters, or unwrap, conrep and CN an Acre, and all that stuff. Um, the watches, we stand email which is supposed to be on watch, uh, Lookout, and Home, and...
2: Helm is like where you drive
0: the ship obviously and that's basically like all we do. Yeah so both of you guys have jobs too that like are really topside based jobs. You're up on the bridge all the time. You're always topside. You guys do tons of evolutions both of you. What is kind of that one moment where you looked around and you're like damn this is it. I'm here. This is this is pretty damn cool. I
2: would say the first time we left uh, San Diego, when we had that uh, unrep, uh, we were, actually it wasn't our first unwrap. it was like when we were by Guam, and it was super hot, and I was like, damn, this is like nothing like San Diego, like SoCal, there this is nothing like that, It gets hot, super hot, and I was all muggy and sweaty, and I was like, okay, I want to go home. Yeah, what
0: about you being free?
2: Um.
1: I think mine was when I had my first flight quarters as a LSE and, like, the is coming at you, so it's, like, kind of scary, like, big thing, and I'm tiny, I can fly away, so it was kind of like a, oh, it's kind of scary, like, yeah. I'm here now.
0: So, I, I feel bad, because... Recently, we just did a little piece about you. Both MC2 Negron and I did a piece about you in our social media about oh, you. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we misappropriated a, uh, sta- <laughs> a uh, sextant as a, sat- a statimeter. And uh, QMC Pepple, who used to be QM1 Pepple on board, miss you, Pep. You're the best. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the best. Uh, he called us out on our social media about it. So thanks for calling us out about it. Um, and I was reminded multiple times about it. So, just for the audience, and for me, because <laughs> we have a wonderful story, you and me, about how how I became how I came to know about a sextant. But what's the difference between a stadimeter a sextant? So what do they do? And how many mirrors does a sextant have?
2: <laughs> so, uh, for a statimeter, a statimeter is basically for it to give you range. Um, it has it looks exactly as a sextant except the sextant has shades so it has about eight shades that you whenever you're trying to like shoot uh, the sun you can bring down the brightness so it won't blind you a statometer doesn't have that a statometer is just a mirror uh, like where you put your like eye a mirror and then it has another mirror because Um, you're supposed to bring down like the the top of the ship to the horizon um, and it should match and it will give you the height of, uh, well actually the range of the ship that you're shooting or the object. Uh, Sextant has like I said those uh, shades and it gives you I forgot what the numbers down there are called but. Yeah, so the, the difference is basically the shades. Like, if it didn't have the shades, then it looked exactly the same. Um,
0: Do you can okay. tell the world the story about me and the sexton, <laughs> and tell them how many mirrors <laughs> there are on a sexton. <laughs> so I, I can be embarrassed to the audience once again by an a, a interviewee's story.
2: So uh, we were doing, we we're doing a spot check, and uh, Mister. Ehrlich thought he'd be funny and asked me. If it's called the sextant, why don't we have six of them attached together? And I was like, oh, no, sir. It's called a sextant because it has six mirrors. The sextant does not have six mirrors. It doesn't have, like, it has a mirror, just for one. Um, But I pointed to the shades, and I told him that those were mirrors. And he was like, oh, okay. So he goes up to the navigator, and he's like, Nav, I know why it's called a sextant. And he's like, because it has six mirrors. And then Nav just looked at him with so much disappointment. And I thought that was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I, I think you still think that's hilarious, and that was a year ago. So, uh, BM3, you, um, you bring also to the watch uh, various Vietnamese phrases that you teach all of us. What is your yes? What is your favorite safe for work phrase that you teach us on Uh, watch?
2: You got it. <laughs>
1: <That's terrible>. <laughs> <laughs> um I say dry eye a lot, which means like, oh my god. So like usually when um uh, I don't rem I don't know if you remember that one night where McCarey uh scared me. See when scared me. And I just ran the night orders, I came back up, I didn't think anything of it. And he scares me, I'm like, Dry eye. And then I said a, a few other things that I can't really say, <laughs> but, um, he was, like, looking at me, he was like, what did you say? And I'm like, I said, oh my god, and you scared me. What's that other word you say? Uh, uh, big brother?
0: Oppa, oppa. Oppa. Oppa.
1: Oh, so that's, like, Korean. That's not my language. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But it means older brother.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of, like, really good mix of cultures, especially on our bridge team. No, I will never forget... That scream,
1: <laughs> I thought
0: somebody had gotten stabbed <laughs> on the bridge.
1: Sir, he literally was in the corner, and I did it's not so see It's so dark
0: him. up on the bridge, too. Like, yeah. you can't see anybody.
1: I didn't see him at all.
0: It's probably, like, uh, like a scary movie. Like, yes. like almost as bad as The Conjuring. Cause I, <laughs> I hate The Conjuring. <laughs> I, I couldn't really sleep. I couldn't sleep. It's, it's, it's a terrible movie. It's, I it's, I couldn't it was sleep, a good movie. I couldn't sleep for three days afterward without the lights off. So, you know... After
1: watching the country?
0: Yeah, it's terrifying.
1: It's much. terrifying.
0: But, uh, we've been on deployment for, like, seven months, guys. And you talked about your wife and cats and your family. Um, what's it, um... What's it like, what's the toughest thing about being away from home for seven months for you guys?
2: Uh, I feel that the toughest part is yet to come. Um, we've adjusted our lives to the ship. And, you know, we see the people, same people every day you know, we had kind of set a routine, even though our routines change, it's like the same routine, like the same base time routine. So I feel like the hardest part is when we go back home and with it, we don't have a routine. It's trying to build that routine that you had before you left. That's what I feel would be the hardest part. I don't think we've uh, managed Well, I don't, I don't think we've got it, got into that point where we're just like, yeah, this is I the hardest part I think the hardest part
1: is towards you. that oh,
0: that you mean. I
1: can agree. Like, whenever we pull in supports I, like, yeah, we're in a different place, we're in a different area, but I feel so drained from having the same schedule, and then we're pulling into a port, and it's not the same, because we're not stuck on the ship, and we pull into a port, and we just stay at our hotel, we sleep, eat, sleep more, just, like, catching up to whatever we missed on the ship.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, like, it's gonna be so hard to get back to San Diego and kind of adjust, because you're not used to that. every port that we visited, I felt like, alright, like, as we went along, I was like,
2: yeah, I'm kind of kind
0: of missing, like, having a place that is my place, right. and San Diego's kind of our place, and I, I know we're home for a trip, but, like, it feels like we're just kind of wanderers for, like, the last seven months, and mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, it's going to be hard to adjust back, because, like, seeing my friends for the first time in seven months, seeing my family being able to, like, get off the ship consistently, it's going to be tough, yeah. but, uh, getting back to San Diego... What's the first thing you want to do in San Diego? And what's the first thing you're going to eat when you get back to We've talked about this on watch before, but I want lot people will so. Uh
2: So I think the first thing I'm going to go eat is probably uh, some tacos from Taco del Bordo. And uh, probably go pick up some uh, Texas Roadhouse, the bread. that That's amazing.
0: You almost, one's <laughs> left. you almost let one slip. So. You almost one slip. What about you, being pleased?
1: Um, I think the first thing I'm going to eat is Vietnamese food, and I'm going to eat bún ril, which is like a crab noodle soup. It's just really good. Like, it's like a special taste because it has like shrimp paste in it, and not a lot of people like like that stinky, like foreign smell of. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what I'm gonna do and then see my family
2: or my friends actually. Yeah. So what was the other question?
0: Like what is the first thing that you're gonna do when you get back
2: to it? Oh. Um after the change of command I'm driving straight to Texas.
0: Straight to Texas, go see your family. First bomb. Yep, first bomb period, what are you doing?
1: Um I'm gonna go up to the Bay Area with my significant other and go to Washington to settle down his apartment. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: And uh, you know, I, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm going to be seeing my family. There's just, just so much to do. That's the thing. Like I want to see Padres games and stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah. Padres games? Miss yeah. those? Yes, <laughs> it is. It is summer. What, so we're in June already. What's it like do, does it hit you sometimes too that it's been like it's already we're halfway through 2023 and stuff like that? Does it it hit you sometimes, like, the the passage of time? like, days go slower on the ship and stuff like that?
2: I feel like this deployment has gone by, like, really quick. Um, We left in December. We're getting back. Middle of the year. And it's just, like, I don't know what it's like, to be honest. Like, I just know that as soon as I get there, I'm just going to, you know, try to adjust myself as best as I can. It's going to be hot, though.
0: It is. But it's each one. Yeah.
1: What about you? Um, some days could be slow for me, like when I stay on watch, I keep looking at the time. Maybe that makes the time goes by slower. But there's some days where um where we would finish our work and there would be nothing else to do and I wanna know what to do after that. I would, I would either sleep or eat a snack, and watch my shows, just to make the time go by faster.
0: Got it. All
2: right, a couple more. <laughs> oh no! You... Oh, I just said that's not what he asked. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're gonna Wait, keep the we're gonna keep the, we're gonna keep gonna... the we're gonna keep the mic
0: rolling on that one. That's <laughs> yeah. bad radio.
1: I, I forgot what you kind of asked. So uh, like, do,
0: do you do you under, do you like feel the passage of time? Like, does it go by fast or slow when we're at sea? That's That's <laughs> the
1: question he asked, bro. I answered. <laughs>
0: It okay. goes half and half. Half There's, and half? Yeah. Yeah. So, we threatening <laughs> um, So, for you, Coom uh, too, we talked about your wife. Um, we have a really, like, vibrant, from what I've noticed over the last couple of years on board, a really vibrant LGBT community on board the ship. What does it mean to you that it's kind of really gotten a lot more open um, for you to kind of be able to talk about that stuff and, like, be able to have a family and be able to live a life like that
2: in the for me honestly I I wouldn't know uh, in the sense where I just never had that opportunity like decline to me like I would I don't have like I haven't been through those troubles that a lot of people have been I'm grateful for everything that's been done for me to get to the point where I can't tell the Navy like hey I'm married to a woman and they will validate it I haven't been through those hard times like other people have, but it, it, I'm grateful for it, um, but it, I just, just don't know the story you know?
0: Yeah. I think we have just a really exciting show. Yeah. Yeah. We I first got here and I was like, wow, it's a very large LGBT community, but like everybody is super cool with it, everybody's like very welcoming about it, we once had a, an association for it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what is, what is Pride Month?
2: Uh, Pride Month means parties, and uh, equal rights, you know, uh, I've gone to maybe two parades, and it's just a whole lot of happiness in there, and I see why, you know, because I, I've seen videos, like on TikTok, social media, um, about how much hatred that, like, LGBTQ community members get, um, and it's really bad, it's bad out there, you know. But whenever everybody just gets together and just celebrates like, their happiness, it's, it's just amazing.
0: Yeah. So uh, kind of the last thing we'll kind of wrap up on is, um, so everybody kind of has a catchphrase when they go around the ship, right? Um, and like, you, you say hi to somebody, and they like, and, like, I'm here, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you guys use your, your catchphrase on the ship, right, or up on the bridge, but? Often, awesome. Oh hell no, nah, shipmate. Oh, hell no, nah, shipmate. <laughs> oh, <hell nah, laughs> what are some What are some other catchphrases that you guys have come up with? Because uh, you guys have a, have a whole word bank full. Appropriate,
1: ones? Appropriate <laughs> ones. We go yo to each other.
2: Yo. Yo. yo! Oh, yo! Oh, hell nah, shipmate. <laughs> uh, no. not <laughs> know. Um. Uh, I don't know. I think the most famous one at this moment is uh, M3 always catchphrase.
0: BM two Alvers. Oh yes, yeah. he did
2: make he did pick up BM two elbers. My bad Albie. Um yeah, I'll not nothing, mate. I'll not shit,
1: I'll
0: hell not shit, mate. And then uh, actually last last question. Um what is uh what does serving mean to you guys? I know I know that like that I know, right? <laughs> hit that hit that last <laughs> note. Just super exciting and then like hit it with the last one. But what what is serving
2: uh, serving to me means a lot. Just uh, knowing that I can say that I've, you know, I've served the country, and um, you know, I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, it's, it just means a lot. Like you know, because at the end of the day, we're like the one percent. Mm-hmm. Like you know, who else can be like oh, yeah. military? I was in it. Like a lot of people can, but a lot of people that say like that you know, the military stuff, whatever, they've been, like, separated, you know, or they just had one bad experience and they were just like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, but, I just realized it for another six years, um, uh, I, l- I love here. So, I love hate relationship. Like, you have good days and you have bad days, but most of the time, because of the people you meet, uh, it makes it better.
0: Yeah, it's always the theme of, like, the people, the mm-hmm. people keep people in. What does that do?
1: Anyway. Um, <laughs> for me, I guess serving is for me to set an example for my siblings, like, my brother now, he's at GMSN deep, what? so if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be in okay. but I'm just kidding, um, it's just like setting an example for my siblings like, you know, um if I can do it, you can do it, in a way and I guess I want to be that example for other people as well where, like, the military is not that bad as it seems. Like, yeah, we're gonna have rough days, we're gonna have disgusting food, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the reality though. Like, we're not... Um, having five-star meals? Having five-star meals every single day. And we're not, we, you know, we don't have the best rack space for certain people, but it's teaching you how to grow up faster. And I guess for me, it's just to set an example. For
0: my family. It, it definitely is a lot of sacrifice. Well, thanks guys for coming on. Uh, QM2 Juarez, BM3 Deep. I'm very surprised that both of you made it through without cursing um, <laughs> the entire time. Because uh, our watches can get pretty vibrant. But, uh, but thank you guys for coming on. And, and uh, thank you to QM2 Juarez and BM3 Deep for their uh, fun interview with me uh, we have a really uh, great relationship on our bridge watch team and I've really enjoyed being on the same watch with them uh, it's the people on the watch that make it fun and while you're standing a watch and it, you're doing your job and trying to maintain that that professional watch and you do need to have people that keep the watch interesting or else it just becomes also a slog Um, especially those late night watches so we have a great watch team uh, and the two of them just make it even more colorful of a watch team as you've seen uh, or at least heard Uh, so with that we've got a very interesting and fun uh, podcast episode for our next episode next week or in a couple of weeks from now uh, depending on release Uh, Join me with my combat cameraman, who's going to be our next interviewee, MC2 Negron. You love him, you love his photos. He has been the man this deployment, the man, the myth, the legend. He will be my interviewee. Finally, he gets to be behind the microphone and behind the camera for our feature. Uh, He is the guy that makes our public affairs team and our public affairs duo work and I'm very excited uh, to introduce you to the man behind the camera. Other than that, I will talk to you next time and stay bold and daring.